Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the first team, Joe DeLeo and Ryan Roberts. We are doing our next position breakdown episode. We are going to be sharing our rankings for the defensive tackles. We've done a couple scouting report episodes. If you've missed those, make sure you go and check those out. We've talked about Tyleek Williams. We've talked about Jerjon Newton. We've also gone over Ruka Roro Roro, as well as Michael Hall Jr. So go check those in-depth breakdowns that we have. And also just make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our content throughout the lead-up to the 2023 college football season and eventually the 2024 NFL draft. Ryan, I have to say, I want to talk about this just really quick before we get into the rankings. My expectations on the defensive tackle class weren't high because of what you had told me. Mm-hmm. But here's here's my thought on, on how I think this grouping looks. Okay. I don't think there is anywhere near a premier defensive tackle prospect at all. I don't right think now. there is a blue chipper that is going to be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the case. But I think there is actually some pretty good day two depth. I think there's some quality guys that fit on day two, and then it kind of falls off of a, a little bit of a cliff. And there's not really much after that outside of that. But there are, I found myself giving a lot of top 100 grades. I, I have a lot of guys that have top 100 grades that would go somewhere on day two. I don't know about you. Is it kind of yeah. the same? Yeah, no, it's similar. It's similar because I'm, I'm just looking at my list now of, of guys that I've watched. I think I've watched a total of 13, it looks like, defensive tackles so far that are draft eligible for 2024. And I mean, my, my initial impression on it, Joe, was, was the same because I, I – I think that your initial impulse on a class is always, is there any blue chippers, right? To your point, is there any guys that are going to be easy first round conversation? Are there guys that could be potential rise in the early first round? And of course, every single year, somebody comes to the forefront. I mean, we we forget just three, four years ago now, no one knew who Quinn and Williams was in the preseason. No one knew who Quinn and Williams was. And then obviously yeah. he becomes a top five NFL draft pick. So things happen. But to your point of what we know now, the landscape, I think that there's a decent amount of depth. The one thing I do like about this class, there's a lot of size. I mean, we've talked about guys yeah. this week where I'm just like, you know, Tyleek Williams is a guy that's bigger. Dante Corleone's a bigger dude. We got Tavondre Sweat out of Texas, who's a massive kid. Keith Randolph from Illinois is a huge dude. Like, there is a lot of quality size in this class. And then we have the versatile movers, the Johnny Newtons of the world, and the Bruco Rororos of the world. Guys that are more one-gap players compared to two-gap. But I really think that it's going to end up being a better class than I initially thought. I would agree with you on that one. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. 
With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially, again, during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's BetOnline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So I'm going to kick us off with my number five player that I have in my top five. Uh, that being Leonard Taylor from Miami. He actually kind of snuck up on me making his way onto my list. I, I thought that he didn't make it on there, but uh, it, it's pretty you know, kind of funny that it ended up working out that way. But Leonard Taylor, who's somebody who I tweeted about, and I was just really really excited after I saw some glimpses of him in a couple of plays. I don't think that he is anywhere near a finished product. He's a former five-star recruit and just a, a really, really uh, explosive athlete. Yeah. As a pass rusher, I think he might be one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles, if not the best pass rushing. De- Actually, I'm going to go as far as to say that. John, uh, Leonard Taylor is the best pass rushing defensive tackle in this class. I think he's got great hands. I think he's very, very quick. Um, his hand usage is that of a pass rusher. And I almost wonder if he's better suited to play a little bit more of an outside role. He's definitely going to be better off playing as a three tech the way that he was able to produce as a pass rusher. I think that he's also one of those players who statistically is not fully quantified because he's not getting a ton of sack production but he has a lot of pressures he gets Mm. into a lot of quarterbacks faces you leave him one-on-one with a guard and it is going to leave lead to hell for your offensive line but i think that there are often times where he disappears on rushing plays and he just needs to be more consistent he needs to anchor a little bit better he needs to hold his ground a little bit better I think that if you can tap into that pass rush potential, mm-hmm. the guy could be just so, so explosive as an as a interior rusher. He's very interesting because obviously we're not discovering a player here, right? He's a former five-star recruit out of Miami Palmetto. So like everyone knew who Leonard Taylor was coming out of high school. And he obviously was a big victory for Miami to keep into their class, you know, only a couple of seasons now, now as a, is he a redshirt sophomore or is he a true junior this year? I don't know if he played a lot. Something of along those lines. He's a young player, very young player. Uh, I think he played in nine games as a true freshman. Obviously, he was an all-ACC honorable mention last year. So he will be a true junior. 6'3", 305 pounds. Joe, I think we see the athlete very similarly. I think that he is hmm. very quick. I think he's incredibly nimble. I actually think he's really flexible. I agree that there was pass rush upside, and I think there's just penetration upside. My thing with him – I don't love the frame, man. He's listed at 6'3", 305, and I just don't see that frame, man. Like, I don't. He looks very, very skinny from a torso perspective, from a lower body perspective. I just don't know if he's ever going to be plus in the run-stopping perspective. So he might just be a situational interior rusher, which that's not a problem. 
But I feel like, and I, I don't think you did this, but I think some people are going to do this because you only had him at number five. So it's not like you're saying this is number DT1. I think yeah, some yeah. people are after this preseason are going to watch some of his flashes and be like, that kid's going to go in the first round. And he's a top 20 pick. And I'm just like, eh, guys, I don't, I don't know if we, I don't know if we have an all around football player right now. I think we just have a really yeah. toolsy undersized defensive tackle right now, which is my only pushback. But I, I see the appeal. I just want to see what his body looks like this year. If he's, bulked up a little bit and he's a legitimate 305 and he looks a lot stronger in the torso like okay maybe we can maybe we can work with this but i'm just struggling with him a little bit so uh who's your number five well my transition was like going to be speaking of struggling oh. jones a guy that i struggled uh, with a little bit tyleek williams number five out of ohio state i really like tyleek so tyleek do not come in the chat and then come at us right now okay stop 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 i'm just i'm he, just kidding he was he was he wasn't he wasn't mean well, or anything he I was, I yeah he i think he was just bored and he was trying to have some I, fun uh, just, I, I got a laugh out of the experience of him joining the show i thought it was it was very funny, the timing of when he joined it, but continue. <laughs> if anybody ever follows me on Twitter, you know that you only are, take me seriously about 3% of the time. So it was just poking a little bit of fun, Tyleek. I think you're a mm. really talented football player. Things I talked about on the show this week, though, 6'3", 320 pounds. I think he's incredibly explosive, quick. I think he moves really well for his size. He's got a really strong lower half. I think that he can work at the point of attack. I think he can rush just doesn't play enough, man. Like he just doesn't. And I, I, I've heard some conditioning concerns that are kind of associated with him. I hope because there's a reality where Tyleek Williams is a top two to three defensive tackle in the 2024 NFL draft when, th- when time is done. But I think that we need to see a lot more of him in 2023. We need to see a more consistent version of himself. If we do, I think that he could be a big riser. I'm just a little bit worried about the conditioning stuff right now with Tyleek. Right, I have him placed at number four for me. Nice. And as as I said in response to Tyleek when he joined the the Hack City live stream, uh, I was really optimistic on him, and I really do see the potential there for him. And I we even said as far as and I titled the video that he has first round potential. I, I mean, for me, the only knock that I have is we didn't get to see him play enough, and it's just there were a lot of guys ahead of him, and I'm I'm really excited to see what happens for him when he gets on the field more and he gets rotated in more frequently, and it's him and Michael Hall Jr., I think that once he is a a prominent player on this defensive line, he can really, really boost his stock. Yeah. And for me, the biggest part is the, the possible positional versatility. He can play from a one all the way out to you know maybe a five and play in a three-four scheme yeah. uh, as one of those, those big defensive ends. I think he's got all of it, man. I, I love the length. I love his ability to hold up double teams. I just think everything, every box is checked with a Tyreek Williams. He's somebody you draft, even if just right now off of what the few snaps per game we got to watch of him, I think he's somebody you draft in the second or third round, mm-hmm. end of the second, early third round, and you just plug and play and you let him go to work. I don't know why I got some like Dalvin Tomlinson vibes. Does that is that a bit of a reach? I see Jonathan Hankins, but I could I could see Tomlinson. Yeah, I could see it. I, think, I could see it. I think yeah. both those are good. Who who's your number four? A player that I know you're not as high on, unless you went back and watched a certain game that I told you to, and it's Dante Corleone out of Cincinnati. Man, I really like Dante. I think that it's interesting because my first two guys here, number five and number four, are both similarly sized guys. One six three two three twenty. 
listed. The other one is 6'2", 320 listed in Dante Corleone. Dante actually played at 330 pounds last year, and he's been down. I think he's actually listed at only 318 pounds now. So Wait, I think can, can I say, I don't well, understand these big body types that are space eaters that lose weight. Why is he losing conditioning, weight? Conditioning, man. I, I would I'm love Ty Lake Williams to lose a little bit of weight. I would love him to lose I, to, a actually, weight. Actually, to, to be fair, to yeah. be fair, actually, I, I, to counter my own point, Yes. Tavandre Sweat is an example of somebody who doesn't need to be as heavy as he is. But yes. sorry, continue. Nah, man, you're fine. I, I think that the biggest thing for me is that a couple of these guys, I, I think, needed to kind of cut some bad weight off their frames. And I'm hoping that Dante did a little bit because, I mean, I really love the player on film that I saw in 2022 as only a redshirt freshman. He has a wide frame. And he does the traditional stuff. He's going to be a zero to one tech early on in his in his NFL career. And I think that he does a great job of the baseline stuff, man. Being able to anchor at the point of attack, hand combat. And he's got that really good variable of, and I, I would compare him a little bit to, he's a little bit shorter, but I would compare him a little bit to DJ Reader that plays with the Cincinnati Bengals, who is quietly one of the best mm. defensive tackles in the NFL. Because DJ, even when he gets his body contorted in weird ways, he's able to maintain balance and able to get his weight down and be able to anchor at the point of attack. And I see that with Dante Corleone. And when you turn on games like Indiana, for instance, you see some pocket-pushing ability. It's not finesse. It is pure brute strength, a guy that is just going to work with his power at the point of attack establish initial leverage, and then be able to walk the the offense, opposing offensive lineman back. So I think that he's a power plug, but I think he's pretty explosive in tight quarters. I don't, th- I wouldn't mm. say quick. I would say explosive, a guy that is very linear. But I really like Dante Corleone. I think that we saw a lot of the great things in Cincinnati the first year. He has now switched his number, Joe. He's no longer number 58. He's more number two. And you know how I, I feel about single-digit numbers playing nose tackle. It's absolutely fantastic. I think this kid – has the potential, I know you're going to hate this, but I think he's a top 100 pick when it's all said and done. I really do. I love Dante Corleone out of Cincinnati. Now, despite me and him sharing half of a last name, um, <laughs> I, I thought he was fine. I thought that he was a quality football player. He came in at number seven for me. I saw all of what you're talking about, where just stupid power, just a Seven's- really strong... Seven's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, man. I thought you were no, going to be like, low, like 10 not, or something on my list. Or, yeah. I'm not low on him, but when we were talking about him the other day, it seemed like you were – I actually thought you were going to be higher on him. I thought that he was going to come in at like number he two for you. So almost, four is, he, he almost came in at three for me. There was a nice battle yeah. because you'll hear my number three. My number three is a very different football player. Very okay. different, which is going to be a fun conversation. Well, let me ask you, Joe. Did you go back and watch Indiana? Did you watch it? I, I – I didn't, and my decision making was one. I want to continue moving forward. I, yeah. I don't. I don't like the idea of going back to watch games. If I didn't watch a particular game and mm-hmm. I got the perception, I don't think that's fair to do for one guy. If I'm not going to do it for everybody, okay. So that's 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 just where I was coming at with that. But I see everything you're talking about. Stupid power. He yes. is as you're talking about driving guys back. He is uh, one of those immovable space eaters. Yep. But here is my thing. I am okay. trying to grow as an evaluator, as an analyst. Yes. And I was burned, burned, burned last summer by Siaki Ika. Oh, he's not like Ika. Siaki. No, he, they're, he's not. He's not. But my problem with Corleone is I feel as though that he does not provide any impact as a pass rusher 
very often. Ooh. I don't get a guy who who has good hand usage. I don't have a guy who is creating space for himself and getting after the quarterback. That Indiana game, he might have done that really well, but the games mm-hmm. that I watched, I just felt like I didn't get any of that. So then, therefore, if I'm drafting him purely off of being a run defender and I'm afraid and wary of getting him on the field on third downs, I can't justify putting him in my top five. I think for me, I look at him and I say there's a DJ Reader mold here. And while I think that he's only going to be between a three to six sack a year guy, I think he's going to be dominant against the run and be able to do enough against the pass where you can still play him a high volume of snack. Great note on Dante Corleone, Joe, who's also a great kid. I've I've had the chance to talk to him, not on a podcast, but just in general because I really do like him. Nicknamed the Godfather. Why? I have no idea, but it's still really cool, man. It's still really cool. I'm sure it's something to do with his last name. Uh, my, oh, oh no, wait. My number three. We're back on yes. me here. My number three. Yes. I have Ruka Roro Roro from from Clemson. Okay. Uh, I, I feel as Ruka Roro Roro Ruka Roro Roro is a just a very high upside player. He fits the description as we spoke about uh, on the last show that we did. Fits the description of um, a Clemson defensive lineman, a guy who's just built perfectly. He's got he's in really good shape. He is not your typical interior defensive lineman. He does he's a rocked up 295 which is which is scary for any interior defensive lineman. Yes. I just think that some of my pause for him why I can't push him up higher and say that this is the next first round pick for a Clemson defender is just the inability to get off of blockers. I, I feel like he's one of those dudes who just is so physically gifted and just starts beating up on offensive linemen and then doesn't find the football. I need to get a better job of him tracking and finding the football. Um, I think maybe if everything goes according to plan, late first round pick, early second round pick. But uh, for me, that's that's where I've placed Rick Aurora Aurora. Very interesting. I will talk about Ruka Roro in a little bit. Uh, number three. No, 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 no. Share, no, no, no. Share your – remember, because we do it that way. Share where you placed him and then give your analysis on him. Ruka Roro was the number one defensive tackle for me in the 2024 oh. NFL draft class as of right now. Wow. I, I mean, we talked about it. I, I think that he was a guy that we were definitely split on, and this is where the differences start in our ranking, I think. I am buying into that athleticism, man. I'm buying into it. My guy, like you said, 6'4", listed 295, was 289 in the spring. So I think he's going to play between 290 and 297, somewhere in that ballpark most likely. And he just is a really gifted athlete. And I think that he really creates power and tight space as well. I think he's got some strong mitts on him. So I look at him and I say as a penetration-style player – there's no limit, I don't think. It really isn't. And I don't think we're incredibly off as far as what the upside is. I don't think that we're talking about a top 20 guy, ultimately. Could he sneak into the bottom mm-hmm. half of the first round? It's possible. And he already had second-round grades from the NFL, so I think second round is a very easy evaluation for Rook. I just am buying a little bit more to the athleticism and the upside. I don't think he has a ton of plan to his game right now, but I also think that there is some, some things that you have to consider there, right? Like he's been playing with – Brian Brissy and Tyler Davis in a very crowded defensive line room. Like it's not like he's had just a countless amount of snaps the last few years to to really develop into that type of football player. I think with Brian Brissy gone, he is going to be the main rotational piece at three tech this year. And I think that he is absolutely going to rise. I think that he was at times 
the best defensive lineman on the field for Clemson in 2022 at times. Like if you turn on the North Carolina game, unstoppable, yeah. unblockable was just not be, they could not counteract, <clears throat> counteract, excuse me, his athleticism. So Rook for me is a guy that I am going to be bet on every day. He reminds me a little bit. It's a different body type, but he does remind me a little bit of Justin Matabike and a guy, a guy that I really did like coming out of Texas A&M and has developed into a really good player for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that this kid is going to be an excellent football player when it's all said and done, and I was just very, very intrigued by his tape. Who was your number three? Number three is Jerzon Johnny Newton is my number three, mm. Joe. I like Jerzon. I actually think that despite him being a little bit of an outlier, because he's a 6'1", 3'8", 300-pound defensive tackle, so he's a shorter defensive tackle, we don't have a length measurement on him, but he didn't look incredibly long on film to me. So I think his arm length is going to just be average to below average. I don't think he's going to have great length. For me, I look at him and I just say he at worst is going to be a nice rotational piece, if not a good starter playing three tech in a penetration style system. Like this is that's what I see in Jerzon. He's a really quick twitch, athletic. Understand how to use his hands. Very slippery rusher. A lot to I like. I mean, I literally comped him to Jarrell Casey. And again, my comps for people out there, because I've already put a couple comps in this episode, my comps are a style perspective. I see a similar body. I see a similar play style. Jarrell Casey was also a guy that needed to be in a penetration style system because he was a little bit of a smaller defense tackle, shorter, not the longest guy in the world. That's what I see from Johnny Newton. I don't think he's scheme diverse. I don't think he's I don't think he's role versatile. I think that he's a guy that needs to play one spot in one particular system, and I think he could be really good in that one spot. But you know me, Joe. I mean, we've been doing this show for, what, four years now or something like that, three to four years, some ballpark like that. I always value guys that can do more. Versatility is a big thing that I tend to value. A corner that can play a multitude of coverages, a defensive lineman that can play a multitude of alignments, a wide receiver that can work both inside and out. That's my style. That's my bias, and I will fully pull into that bias all the time. Johnny Newton could be a really good player in one specific role. I just don't see <clears throat> excuse me, a role-diverse player or a scheme-versatile player right now. I'm a lot higher on George on Newton, as we've we've kind of come to find out. I, I, I am, for some reason... Mm-hmm. in love with these these stumpier, shorter <laughs> defensive linemen. I can't explain it. He is number one for me. Oh. Um, I, I think that this is an every-down player. I think that he is scheme-specific because you really can only use him as a three-tech and a four-three scheme. But yes. he is problematic because he's so low to the ground. He is so powerful and strong, and he's also quick. Like I, yeah. I think that that bundling of things just makes him so hard to keep up with because he's so low to the ground. And he is he is one of those guys that plays with such low leverage that offensive linemen cannot get underneath him. I understand where you're coming from with him, that it's it does get difficult to be excited about a guy who is as short as he is because sometimes when you've got these smaller players, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily pan out. I don't think he's as quick or as explosive as a pass rusher as Kalijah Kansi was, but I just think he is far more well-rounded and I have less length concerns than I did for Kalijah Kansi. So I, yes, I'm in on Jerzy. He's definitely Newton. bigger than Kalijah Kansi. There's no doubt yes. about that. <laughs> I, I'm very in on, on Jerzy Newton. I think he can be an every down starter. I think he can be a um, 
just a really, really good three tech in the NFL and go, I would take him in the back end of the first round right now. I would, I absolutely would do it. Second round player to me. I, I would take him firmly in okay. the second round and I would be completely okay with him. Again, I like the football player. I just don't tend to value guys where I think they're a little bit role and scheme specific. Like that's just kind of where I am with it. So we've each shared our one and our three. I have um, no idea who your two is. I have no idea because I know it's not right, really the same I'll as give mine. It. There's no way. I'll give it. My number two is Keith Randolph from Illinois. Oh, we did it. Uh, we're same guy. We did it again. Nice. Here's it, quick thoughts on on yes. Keith Randolph. I had no. I don't know why, but I knew that that was coming. Big, massive guy. Massive, massive frame. But he doesn't just play like a big body space eater. Like he you kind of would expect man. that. He, he can yeah, move. he can move. And I have confidence that he can play multiple roles on a three, four or a four, three front. He's not somebody who I feel is pigeonholed to a specific um, scheme or role on either of those, those schemes. For me though, what's great is just his acceleration. I think he accelerates yeah. so well in his length. He's not like a, a, an overtly powerful guy. He's not like a, an overwhelmingly strong player, like a Keanu belt Benton. He is somebody who's just so much longer than everybody that it is hard to get in inside on him. And it's hard to drive him off the ball. Uh, I love what he does. And th- the last piece here, I think that he tracks the football down better than anybody, any of these guys, maybe George Newton, a little bit better than him, but yeah, he navigates traffic. Well, he plays down the line of scrimmage. Well, he knows how to just, Take advantage of like, let's see where everyone's flowing. Let's see where the football's flowing. And then I'm going to make a play on the on the football at the line of scrimmage. Dude's a playmaker. He's disruptive. There yeah. aren't a lot of disruptive guys in this in this ranking. He and Jurjan Newton are the two disruptive guys. And I would take them pretty early on in the second round. Man, I thought this was going to be a uh I thought this was going to be a hot take for me having Keith Randolph this high. I mean, you know, you knew yeah. I was a Keith Randolph guy, though. So like, he's I just so steady. It's hard not to put him here. He's yeah. like the most well-rounded, steady, consistent I, guy. I have another comp, Joe. This is my comp for him. He reminds me a lot of Akeem Hicks, a whole lot of Akeem Hicks. I like that. I like who? That. I, the reason that I love Keith so much, and I, we have verified on him six three and a quarter, so over six foot three, only two hundred ninety seven pounds in the spring, which I thought was kind of interesting because he looked. Packed to me, man. Like if you would have told me he was three ten, three fifteen, I'd be like, yeah, it looks like it. Like, but I think the key things that you hit on, Joe, long as heck, and he has a great ability of gaining extension in the run game, and you just can't get in on his body. Like you just can't get in on him, and he so he can anchor, and I think that he can really play outside of his frame, which is fantastic. This is the most versatile player on this list, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. I think Root can do a lot of things as well. But I have literally seen them put Keith Randolph as like a six or seven tech, you know, like head up on tight ends at sometimes in the six and just tells people, him to beat the heck out of them. Like he just tells him to. And for a guy his size, it's pretty rare, man. I've seen him even run outside track a couple of times as a true edge player, which is just very odd. Like it's not going to be a thing that he's going to do in a high volume at the next level. But I've seen him work out from everything from a one all the way out to like a six or seven at times on, on this defensive line. I think that he is good for multiple spots. I think he's a really gifted athlete. I would be surprised if at 6'3 and a half, 6'3 and a quarter, somewhere in that ballpark with probably 34-inch arms and over 300 pounds, if he doesn't run sub-5 in the 40-yard dash. Like, my guy can move. He's explosive. And you know what's crazy is the backfield production he has, which is actually very similar to Johnny Newton, by the way, like very similar to Jason Newton. 
they don't really ask him to be a penetration style player that much. They ask him to hold the point and to handle down blocks a ton. If they said if they switched him and Jerzon and they were like, you know what, uh, Keith, you're going to play more three tech than what you play right now. I think this kid would be almost a double digit sack guy in a season. I really like Keith Randall. He was close to being number one for me. They don't want to be too bullish. He's a top 100 player without question. I think he's going to be a top 50 player when all is said and done. Early second rounder, potential to go late in the first round. I love Keith Randolph, man. Keith Randolph Jr., fantastic football player for the University of Illinois. Well, that's a good note to wrap us up on. Folks, let us know if you think we missed anybody. Drop a comment below at Joe DeLeon at Rising Draft. We'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.